What's up, everybody? Welcome back. I hope a lot of you guys are here because you saw my post on social media because today is a very, very special day. But let me let you know this. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about Steven Jackson. He said something about the Olympics that is so poignant for this episode. We're going to talk about that. Maria Taylor still not getting that Stephen A. Smith money she wants. But most importantly, you guys, today is my first ever opportunity, privilege, to interview an Olympian. Rachel McCoy is here with us today and I am so excited. She is so poised. I love that I get to be a part of her journey. I hope I'm on her journey for a very, very, very long time. We usually do about 12 to 15 minute segments here, but that's gonna change today because this is my first featured segment with an Olympian. I cannot wait to get into it. So let's get into it right now. Welcome back to At The Half right here on Backstage and all streaming platforms. I'm your host, Jackie Ray, J. Ray the Fanatic on all social media. And guys, I am over the top excited because this is my first Olympian, you guys. So please help me welcome 2020 high jump Olympian, Miss Rachel McCoy to the show. Welcome, how you doing? Thank you, I'm doing great, you know. I, I couldn't be doing any better. Man, you look good, you look like you're glowing, so. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I had to get the lighting just right to get right? that glow. I know, you look great. I'm so excited to have you here. So. Let's just dive right in because I know this is a fantastic story and it, it starts a long time ago. So let's start at okay. the beginning. Um, how did you first get involved with track and field in the first place? Um, my friend, Terrace Williams, in my freshman year of high school, actually, she dragged me up to the track. Mm -hmm. I started off on the basketball court mm -hmm. a few months before and I just always had a knack of jumping high. I can grab the rim at free will. It was just it wasn't anything spectacular to me because it was just normal. So she dragged me out to high jump and here I am in Air Forces, chucks, you know, jumping five feet in practice. And apparently that was just unheard of. Mm -hmm. And me not knowing what I'm actually doing was just, you know, I was like, okay, well, the bar keeps going up. I can keep jumping higher. So that's pretty much how it started. That's amazing. So you could have gone either way, WNBA or Olympian, huh? That's oh, yeah, that's later on in the story. We'll get there. Okay, I'm, I'm excited to hear about that. So you go out there, you do this amazing jump. Was it a coach? Was it your friend that just said, hey, wait a minute, you need to be doing the high jump? Or did it just click for you automatically? Um, It, it kind of, it clicked. After I felt that, oh, okay, I'm good at this, then I, <laughs> I needed no more convincing. You know, it could have mm -hmm. been pole vault. If I was good at it, no more convincing. Right. <laughs> I actually wanted to be a sprinter. Because you know they they're the they're the coolest, mm -hmm. but <laughs> but I mean it, it worked out. Yeah, uh, became a high jumper. That's amazing. Now I know you're from the IE, mm -hmm. <laughs> and because I've heard you say you always represent for the 909. So how much has yeah. your community really played a part in your in your journey right now? Oh wow! Oh, my, without the community I had, you know that saying it takes a village to raise that was my village, you know, without them, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Like not, not only just an athlete, just the person I had mothers that accepted me as their child, their child, you know, I had coaches that took me under the wing, multiple mentors that if they weren't there in my life, like I said, I, I wouldn't be an Olympian. Like, any one of them were, was a key piece. 
Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about that because I know every journey has a dark moment. Is there a dark yeah. moment that you can remember that someone from your village really took time and lifted you up? And if they hadn't, maybe you wouldn't be where you are right now. Hmm. That's a great question. You know, if if I'm neglecting anyone, my apologies. But the very first person in my I would like to say my life, the life I can remember is to show me unconditional love is my coach sue who's still my coach to this day um i was blessed just you know truly blessed to meet her in 2014 which is part of another story you know but um i met her she was one of those people that took me under her wing and just showed me that no matter what i did she wasn't going anywhere mm. so that was probably and she she's a little outside my village she lived in texas but probably the first person that I can say showed me that. So she lives in Texas. You're from the IE. How did you guys meet? So uh, do you want the whole story? Should I just <laughs> <go back? laughs> give, give me all you got. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, upon graduating high school, I had a full ride scholarship to Long Island University in Brooklyn, New York for basketball. Mm -hmm. which is like, I guess where my attention was um, two months in, I was just distracted, derailed, a little misguided, and I ended up giving up the scholarship. Now, in doing so, I didn't know at the time I was violating tons of rules. So, and uh, with that being said, I couldn't compete collegiately within a D1 or within an NCAA oh. for a year. Okay. So I was like, okay, you know, I can sit out a year. Sure. I will still train. So I went, I went home to, I didn't go home. I went to Las Vegas to uh, regroup. Right. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And after that regroup, I then went home a couple months later and started to attend Chafee Junior College. And doing so, I violated an, another, or activated another rule mm. saying, if you go from a four-year institution to a two-year you have to get your associate's degree before you go back to a four-year. Oh, wow. I wasn't aware of that one either. So me giving up that basketball scholarship, it altered my life in more ways than just one. But um, I went to Chafee. I competed in track and field. It was high jump. Um, Coach Blackman, I think, was his name. Um, I'm grateful that he got me he's got me signed up for nationals. And through nationals, that's where I first met my coach. But it was just... She was coordinating the high jump and um, she she recalls it as I had a hat on backwards, just a goofy kid out there. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know that that competition was to set you up for the junior worlds, mm. which was kind of even bigger. And I had no idea. So um, I ended up making it to junior worlds and that's where my coach and I truly connected. But it was on a whim. She wasn't even supposed to be on the field at the time. So it was just a blessing. She's my guardian angel. A lot of stars had to align for the two of you to meet. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This can't be by accident. Right. This whole journey. That's a great story because it all, you know, and that's the lesson I've learned throughout my life is sometimes things that kind of derail you in, end up putting you on a track that oh, you're yeah. like, oh, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm supposed to be. And it's probably taking me still to this day. Sometimes I'll have remorse, like, oh, I just should have stayed in New York, you know, especially when things get tough. Because mm -hmm. it was like, you, I had it all. There's nothing more I needed. 
and I gave it up. But here I am with another opportunity. I, I had to go completely around in a circle upside down just to get back to the same type of achievement that I felt I was potentially set myself up for with basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm but, saying. So now you're here. Now I know you almost made the 2016 Olympics, right? Yes. So what happened What happened with that? Um, that year was actually a lot more competitive. The standard was, I speak in metrics, but I'll convert. But the standard <laughs> was um, 194, which was roughly 6'4 and a quarter. Okay. And this year's standard was 195, which is 6'5 and a quarter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, theoretically, that's about that. So it's not a big deal. Well, mentally, it is. Mm-hmm. So um, 2016, there's maybe about five people in total that had the standard. And um, I was just so young. <laughs> right. Mostly, I was just really young. Uh, it was it was more so the starstruckness of being on the field in that setting than it was like, okay, I have a job to do. Right. But I mean, it got, it got my feet. Well, everybody has to go through it. Right. Absolutely. It's it's a stepping stone. So what, what's been your journey from 2016 to now? Here we go. Get out the notepad again. Give me me all you got. (laughs) Uh, So 2016, I think I was, I turned 21 that year as well. So mind you, my mental or my mental, my maturity was not as, this is just not there at that time. So um, 2017 rolls around and I'm just fighting with my coach. I'm Mm -hmm. upset. I'm angry with high jump because it's just not going as I thought it would go. Like I thought it would be easy. Right. Okay. Not the Texas and jump six, six, you know, Mm -hmm. but I had such a, the learning curve, everybody goes through it. I didn't go through college. So my learning curve was just a little different. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have the meat experience that collegiate athletes go through, but my body also doesn't have the wear and tear. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you know, it's really a benefit. So, I, gee, <laughs> where was I? Not going to college. Uh, oh, 2017. Yes. Yeah, so it was just an implosion. Mm-hmm. I ended up not competing. Um, 2018 rolls around. Gee, what was I doing 2018? I think I maybe competed. I was not focused if I did. 2019 mm. comes around mm-hmm. and I decided, hey, I want to run the 400. Okay. So what I didn't realize was these girls are fast. And they, <laughs> oh my gosh. they I felt like I was this close to death. So if they <laughs> want to get that much closer, then I, I left it up to them. So, you know, 2020 comes around. I finally feel like I'm my head on straight. I'm going to do high. No, I was going to do the heptathlon. Oh, wow. Oh, my focus all over the place. <laughs> yeah. All over the place. <laughs> and it's not that I can't do these things. It just takes time. Right. You know, so thankfully in a short amount of time, I was able to realize, okay, hep ain't working. Mm-hmm. It's a, at that time, Olympic year. Mm-hmm. I have to buckle down and do something. So I went back to high jump and then, you know, the pandemic hit. But I was able to go through my paces first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was the pandemic kind of a blessing then? Unfortunately, yes. It's like a that that extra year gave me a lot of growing as a person as well as understanding as, for the event. I started listening. That's the biggest 
change I've altered in my life as a person is just listening to the people that have been there, you know? There's a lesson in that, you know, a lot of people, <laughs> there is a lesson in that. So I appreciate you being so honest with that. Absolutely. Because uh, people need to hear that sometimes. I Sometimes you have yeah. those people, you say things over and over and over again, and then you're like, okay. <laughs> and I'm sure I was one of, you know, in my 20s, early 20s, I'm still 20. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm sure I was one of those people where you just had to keep repeating. And I asked my coach so many times, like, wow, how did you do it? She said, <laughs> I prayed. She said, I prayed. So <laughs> the prayer worked. And eventually, you know, I, I stopped thinking that I knew what was best for me mm-hmm. when I didn't even know how to get there. So. Right. Yeah, I love that. And I appreciate you being honest about that. So you go to the, the U.S. trials and you're mm-hmm. not one of the top three. What was your well, first thought at that moment? At the the moment right after the composition? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You know, I was actually most angry that I didn't get a medal. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted was the medal because <laughs> it was so cool. And it was the first medal that Hayward Field was giving out, you know, professionally. Mm-hmm. So and I was just destined to do it, you know. Uh, but of course, I didn't. I have no control over the journey. Right. I keep getting rudely reminded, but uh, <laughs> I was pretty upset. Um, I had no idea that I would have to wait 10 days. I had no idea what the this new rule until maybe five minutes later. So, you know, my initial reaction was I'm not getting a medal, but right. not like, oh, I got to wait that I get on the team. So right. that was, that was a whole nother battle. Um, you know, after everything was said and done, uh, my coach told me the unfortunate news of we'll have to wait and see because then you you feel you missed your whole moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, moral of the story, place top three, pretty much. Right. But uh, I was I was blessed that my family was there, so I called my dad. He had to go all the way outside the stadium, up the street, around the corner, through the alley. Like it was impossible to get to him. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he was there and. He, I cried on his shoulder. My brother was there, cried on his shoulder. So it was nice that family was there. They reminded me, hey, it's not over. But of course, like the initial, I always always feel like I'm right there, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. right there for my moment. But I guess it's just meant to be on a bigger stage. Right. Yeah. So you have to wait, you said 10 days to find, find this out. That'd be the longest 10 days. Oh, it was. <laughs> I was picking at straws to find things to do just to pass the time. I started a painting. I just, it was this random, random miscellaneous task. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it was grueling. So where were you exactly when you found out, okay, yep. Nope. You're going to the Olympics. Oh, uh, I was actually, <laughs> I was out of practice that I was not happy with. Oh. <laughs> uh, the news was great. It was just like horrible timing on, <laughs> for me. But you know what? I'll take any timing, to be honest. Right. They could have called me at two o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. I would have been okay with it. But yes, I was in the middle of practice, uh, got a phone call and they had been looking at my Instagram stories, which was funny. <laughs> <laughs> On there, I had hinted like, okay, deadline's up. What's the wait? Right. So it said, you know, no need to worry. Congratulations, you've made the team. And <laughs> yep, <laughs> that huge build up plus 10 days. Right. <laughs> That, I mean, that's funny that that's the world we live in right now, that your social media was the one that made him say, oh, look, we should probably call her right. and let her right. know. And it, I had to do it crafty enough to where I wasn't offending anybody, but it was right. like, hey, hey, guys, right. <laughs> we're with you. 
And that's that's a great point because I feel like nowadays a lot of athletes end up in trouble because of their social media. You can't just be like oh, absolutely right. You can't just be all willy nilly. Oh, <laughs> not at all. What's funny is um, one of my one of my athlete friends had asked me the other day why my Twitter was on private. She said, you're an Olympian now. I said, no, I just, I don't, and I'm only a high jumper, you know, sprinters are much worse, but I try to protect my energy and Mm. my time to the best of my ability. And if that means not worrying about who screenshots, what I'm posting, who misinterprets it, who, you know, it could be anything. Right. So (laughs) all I do is Instagram, really. You could see me. Yeah, and I and I love that you are aware like that because we've seen so many athletes um, with Naomi Osaka and you know her saying one little thing and all of a sudden it became this huge headline. It's like, bro, all I said was, I don't want to talk to y'all right now. Can I? Yeah. I don't want to talk to y'all. <laughs> I don't understand what the issue is. <laughs> right? I don't, explain this to me, you know, and it became this whole thing. And I'm yeah. I'm glad that you have that understanding now because I do think sometimes people think, oh, it's just social media, and then bam, there you are. So it's what we base a lot of our value off of, unfortunately. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. you know, when you have verified check marks, verified that you're a person, like, I don't understand <laughs> it. But people, people just long for it. It's mm-hmm. it's the per- perfect algorithm for, I don't know. Drama. <laughs> no. Drama just hip, hypnotizing. I don't know. It's right. Right. No, I, I, again, I appreciate that you know that now because Again, um, you're here now, and now your your platform's going to get bigger. You're going to continue to grow. So the fact that you have that wherewithal right now, <laughs> congratulations on that one. <laughs> I, I get a good look in from the outside. Yeah, yeah. But let's talk about these headlines, because now you're going to the Olympics. I know you've seen what's happened with Shikari. Um, Gwen Berry said that she was set up for failure with the national anthem, and now <laughs> Black yes. Olympic swimmers can't even wear you got your hair cut close but you know me I usually have if my natural is out it's not I need a bigger cap you know but now I feel like they should have satin covered headrests like facts if anybody does it just refer back to this video I want my money right absolutely (laughs) yes because it's it seems like with all these things kind of culminating it's like very almost I don't want to say anti-black but sometimes that's what it feels like and so unfortunately those of us who are not going to the Olympics and even those of you who are going to the Olympics, like you can't really protest. They've made that very clear. There's no form of protesting that's allowed. So some of us spectators who have been looking forward to this, like everyone else, they have said they're not going to watch the Olympics. Um, and and I know that that has to, because there's so many black Olympians. I understand what these specific people are going through, but there's so many black Olympians as an Olympian what would you say to black people who are saying, you know what, I don't, I don't know if I want to watch. What would you say to them? I would say, you know, there's two, there's always two sides to one coin. You know, there's, you can go about it that route, or you could also go about it a different route. Still support these young black athletes that are out there representing us as right. black people, you know, like we're not out there. If, if I could run around the track after I get my medal, with a, the black American flag, mm-hmm. you know, I would, right. <laughs> I absolutely would. But, um, you know, uh, uh, one of the swimmers, I am just, I'm so sorry. I don't know her name, but she's a young black woman. I'm sure who was 
distraught at this swim cap dilemma, mm-hmm. but she's still competing. Right. So you're telling me as a spectator that you're not going to watch this young athlete that is overcoming, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's even tougher for the, our, us because we want to say something, right? but you know, we can't. So instead of not supporting us by not watching or spectating, maybe support us in another way, send emails, mm-hmm. you know, the, the best thing you can do is get media involved in any situation, whether right. it was, you know, back in the day, it was newspaper. Mm-hmm. Awareness is the best thing you can do. Right. And, and I, also, sorry, just also um, in the recent events, people are pointing a lot of fingers mm-hmm. and from the outside, it's really hard to know exactly who to point the fingers at without being absolutely sure. You're like, Oh, that's the person right, right there. But understand as a spectator, there are a bunch of different entities in one whole Olympic mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have the World Athletics, the IOC, International Olympic Committee, the USOPC. There's a bunch of different fingers to be pointed. Right. So just make sure that you have the right information to point your fingers at the right people. Right. And that was something that I had said on one of the platforms I was on. I was like, you know what, the IOC is going to do what the IOC is going to do. I think mm-hmm. what we wanted to see as black Americans is we wanted to see the United States say, no, we don't agree with this. I think deep down inside, we know the IOC would be like, we didn't ask y'all. We're going to do right. what we're going to do. No, really. <laughs> Especially so track and field is just the catalyst of that because mm-hmm. we have, we, I compete in a Eurocentric sport. Mm-hmm. But when you consider that this sport is on a world level, the United States is one country, right? You know, it's not a continent. It's right. one country. Exactly. When you go to Europe, the entire continent, you have, you know, I, I don't know, at least at least 50 countries, I would assume. Right. Right. So you're fighting a, like one country against the world. And I know as Americans, we're like, what do you mean? We are the world. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the reason that that attitude is why a lot of people don't like us, because we really do think that sometimes. <laughs> No, I'm here to be educated and to learn from other cultures. That is my goal in, in life. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And I am so proud of you in this moment. I know you have to be just elated. When do you actually leave for Tokyo? On the 24th. Okay. So yes. what, what goes into from now to the 24th? Oh, of course, we're still training. Um, that never stops. Uh, body maintenance, a lot of body maintenance, because this is the first time my season has gone this long. Mm. So it's actually such a shock to me. Uh, one of the things that I encountered after after knowing I made the team, it was kind of like anticipation, anticipation, got the result, and then there was like a huge drop uh. because you put all much, so much emotion and energy into making the team, and then you made it, and you're like, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay then yeah but um you know I imagine that builds back up with the games but this there's also a bunch of COVID measures we have to take as athletes just to get into the country so right. a lot of preparation how do you with all that preparation and, and all that physical preparation how do you stay mentally ready um hmm. just understanding what could be corrected, focusing on the things that, you know, understanding that we're already at the Olympics, you know, you're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. We're too late for that. You know, (laughs) right now we're working with what I already have and just fine tuning those little details. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited for you. I have to admit 
I'm super pro-black, so my knee-jerk reaction, too, was like, I ain't watching this. Y'all tripping. Super pro-black. Right, super. I mean, y'all better check the Instagram. No. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just is, saying. Which is why I don't do the blue check mark because I know being pro-black and being certified that's a problem I don't need in my mm-hmm. life. I don't, I don't need the blue check mark. I don't want it. So, but with that, I, I thought I had a knee jerk reaction and I think I can own that. It was like, Oh no, they're not doing us like this, but there's a whole lot of us. You right. Know? And- but that's, that's honestly our first reaction to almost anything. I didn't mm-hmm. agree with the NBA throwing an all-star game right. during the time. So I was like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to, like, they're not going to get my views. Yeah. Right. Okay. The NBA all-star game comes on every year. Right. The Olympics usually are every four years mm-hmm. so understand that we the this is four years in the making right. and you know if you're gonna boycott something please just if you're gonna not watch this channel boycott it the rest of the like until they change something not just the olympics the yeah. entire channel i agree i agree now <laughs> when do you know your specific times when you're competing yet or should we just follow you on instagram to kind of see Maybe. that or do you know I would I would best advise to follow me on Instagram, jumps for joy underscore McCoy. You know, I kind of yep. made that one. So, I love it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's for sure on August 5th and August 7th. Once again, follow the Instagram because I'm not sure if that's Tokyo time or right. America. So Yep. I mean, because yeah, I that's one of the things we had to talk about just to get, and that's only two hours different. We were like, okay, what time? there right <laughs> so, okay so it should be this time here yeah, right. so. <laughs> that's when you go to your phone like where's the world clock i need the world Man. clock so. i'm like are we in mountain time or what <laughs> I, I never know it's a struggle i PSTC, what what tea are we in <laughs> so totally get it make sure you follow her on instagram you guys first of all your instagram is beautiful there's so many pictures of her doing what she's good at and it is beautiful it is a visual it is visual candy you guys i'm telling you the truth go follow her i followed her right away and then message her i'm like hey um hi true it's so good And she was so gracious, you guys. You can tell that from her spirit. She's gracious. I'm definitely rooting for you. If by chance you don't know her social media and you know mine, follow me. I will tag her in everything. And every time she posts this, what time she going to be on, I'm going to have it on my Instagram so you guys will know. And then you can go follow. I am so excited for you. I truly am. You're my first Olympian that I've ever interviewed. And I'm so honored for that. (laughs) Absolutely. I hope I could bring more in if that's what you like. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. And your next time, like, this is a journey. I want to be on this journey. I want to be part of the village with you. Absolutely. You know, I know you mentioned next time for the Olympics, but I'm here to educate the public that we compete more than just every four years. You know, we compete the world championships. We have the diamond league. So anytime. Yeah. Every time you're competing, because, and that's a very good point, because I feel like all this hype is around now. Mm-hmm. You know, my brother used to watch track and run track and field, so he watches it all the time. And people are just right. aren't aware that it happened. So, listen, Miss Rachel, every time you compete, call your girl. We gonna talk about it. Got you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. You guys stay with us on here on at the half. We'll be right back. It's summer. Are you ready? Because that means it's time for that custom braid style that has you looking flawless as you walk on the beach or sit poolside. Braiders. Do you know a cosmetology license is not required for braiding services? So set up your Custom Cuts partner account today and make sure your next client is a custom client available on Google Play and iOS. All 
right, you guys, welcome back to At The Half of At The Half. I'm your girl, Jackie Ray. Make sure you follow me on all things social media at Ray the fanatic, including TikTok. I have to admit, I'm stepping up my TikTok. But this next one, guys, I want to get into this because this is one of those things that if you follow me on the fumble, I talked about this earlier. This, this to me, this, this moment in time is my reminder of why I have this rule in place and why I should have stuck to it because now I have to, this, uh, for those of you guys who listened to the episode last week, you know that I ripped Steven Jackson, a new one for, for being on the right side of things on one hand with the Rachel's Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor situation, and then clearly getting a phone call from ESPN and then jumping on the captain save up. Uh, save Rachel <laughs> and doing what he did in that situation. It was inappropriate. I didn't like it. I not only ripped him on the fumble, I went on his Instagram. Now the first post he put up, I said, yo bro, you need to take this down. This ain't it. This is the wrong direction. You had it right the first time. Leave it at that. Any other conversations you have, they should be behind closed doors. But then he came out with another posting and it just rubbed me the wrong way. So look, I'm going to admit, I'm going to take ownership of that because I think that is one of the things you need to do. You got to own some stuff sometimes. I ripped him publicly, but this is, this is one of the reasons why I try not to do that because I don't know what clearly in that moment, I do believe in my heart of hearts. That was a phone call from ESPN that said, Hey, yo, uh, Rachel's our girl. You work for ESPN. You need to dial this back. I, the reason why I think that is because of the way Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes played it exactly right. He did not say anything until it was one of those things where you kind of had to say something because your boy out here getting drugged to high heaven. So he had to say something, but he did it exactly right. What Rachel Nichols said was wrong. From what I know of her, I don't know her to be racist. That doesn't change the fact that what she said had racist overtones to it. I, I It's a conversation that I'm going to have to have with her. I understand why you guys are upset. I'm not going to speak too disparaging about her because she works for ESPN as do I. You have to respect that because at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to mess up somebody's money. <laughs> That's just not who we are as a people. That being said, so here's an interesting, this is why I rock with Steven Jackson. This is why I've rocked with Steven Jackson for a long time. I know that I'm, I'm fairly militant. That's not an insult to me when people say it, because I feel like if you're not militant and, and, enthusiastic, aggressive, all of that about your intents for the black community. That's why what we do nine times out of 10 falls on deaf ears. Just this marching, crying and praying without any solid, really drastic action behind it is a waste of time. In my opinion, I'm still going to go out there and march with y'all because I'm, I'm going to rock with y'all till the wheels fall off. But I know in my heart of hearts, marching don't get it. If marching got it, it would have got it in the sixties. So anyway, that being said, Steven Jackson echoed a sentiment almost word for word that I feel in my heart. And I think it's so, so poignant that we're talking about this right now because Rachel was just on the show. Rachel McCoy is a woman that I'm going to root for not only this Olympics, the, I'm a root for her every time she goes to the Olympics. And I love what she said. You guys track and field doesn't just happen every four years. This there's, there's meets all the time. So I'm definitely looking forward to following her on her journey. And what she said was so spot on though. There's other black athletes that are participating in the Olympics. You know, these, these are black athletes that are hearing the same things that you are hearing. They're hearing the same things that were making you angry. Like she said, when, when 
the what happened with the NBA and the George Floyd situation. I didn't want to watch the NBA anymore, you know. But here's there's still a what seventy eight percent of the guys on that on that in that league that are black. So what am I going to do? Just not support them? And then what does that do? Well, what does that do? One of the things that I had said. But I, I've never said it publicly. I've said it internally. I'm going to say it now because now we have honest conversations with each other, right? So one of the things that I had said privately to myself was like, you know, black people, I've said the same thing about the NBA, the NFL, pretty much everything where we dominate, you know, those facets. Let's just, let's just bounce. If they're not going to treat one of us right, if they're going to set up Gwen to go out there for that national anthem during the trials, if they're going to tell us that, um, the sole caps don't fit the natural form of the head that, and the thing is, I'm, I'm so upset with myself that I didn't take note of this Olympian that I saw her on somebody's Twitter say this. She said, the problem is, is my hair is she's got four C hair. It's really big hair. She has a lot of hair. She says, I've always been told, Hey, your hair doesn't fit into the swim cap. No one's ever said to me, Hey, we need to get a swim cap that fits you. The reason why they've never said that to her. Cause don't nobody give a damn about black people. <laughs> and I don't think that's just an American thing. I, I think that's a worldwide thing. But like Rachel just said, America is just one of the countries. This is not the American Olympics. This is a worldwide situation. So if black people pull out, uh, black people ain't just in America. Y'all know that, right? And then what does that do? What does that do? When we're talking about black people around the world we would have to pull out as a collective. Now, I do believe as a collective, there are things that we need to do no matter what country we're in. So I had to check myself when I was like, when I was going to really have that thought process. And I think sometimes you need those internal checks, right? So let me just let you hear what Steven Jackson had to say um, about this whole situation regarding the Olympics and what he thinks, you know, we as black people should do. Take a listen to this. I'm not in a position to tell people what to do, you know, and uh, you can't tell somebody how to feed their family or how to provide for their family or the goals they want to achieve in life. But why even want to represent a country that don't love you? That's the question I ask. They gave gay people reparations, Asians reparations. We've been held behind over 500, 600 years. They, they can't even take the, the lynching act out. The George Floyd policing bill, they're ignoring that. So why you even want to represent a country that's been showing you for years that they hate you, that they don't love you? Think about that. If y'all want to support Shikari, if they don't let her run, everybody boycott the Olympics and see what the Olympics would be like without us. That's the question we need to ask. Why are we even a part of the Olympics representing a country that don't love us? Ask yourself that. So that sentiment, first of all, gay people didn't get reparations. They got... They get attention. They get, I mean, I get what he's saying though, based on the things that they ask for and they get, you know, everybody gets, you know, what they want. <laughs> Black people just don't. Um, I work in Long Beach and one of the, the Long Beach had an entirely different protest when the George Floyd thing happened than we had here in LA and Hollywood. And the police out there wrote a bill that says, Hey, we understand that we're over policing you know, these black communities. So we're going to do what's constitutionally correct. That infuriated me because what's constitutionally correct, the, the constitution as it's written right now allows for slavery by way of incarceration. So if you're doing what's constitutionally correct, what are you saying right now? 
So I totally agree with what Steven Jackson is saying. And I do think at some point, if we really want to make a dent in the racism that's always going to plague this country, if we don't, we do have to take hard stances like this. We do have to completely pull out of situations and and almost do, if y'all ever um, want to watch a cool sci-fi series, they, they canceled it. And I don't know why, because it was great, but go to Hulu, look at Wayward Pines. That is my model of what I would want for black people. We just got to build our own stuff in secret away from everybody and do our own thing over there and prosper. And then once we pull out of all of our resources, because let's not forget black people spend a trillion dollars a year. We are so ingrained in this economy that if we pull out and just focus our economy on us, people will start to listen. It's a capitalistic society at the end of the day. I'm not, I'm, I look, I'm here with it. I love it. I love the militant attitude. If you're going to do something like that, you have to have a plan. You can't just say, oh, we bouncing and nothing else. There has to be a plan. We're, we're going to leave unless X, Y, and Z happens. There has to be a plan. You can't just boycott. You need a plan. I just don't understand who Steven Jackson is anymore. And that's where I'm at with that. I still, obviously I still got love for him because he just, I mean, I have love for the man. I do. I just need him to stay consistent. And if you can't be consistent, don't say anything. It's not hard. It's not hard. Y'all watch me on the fumble. There's times where I'm like, I'm not, I'm just not going to skip over that. <laughs> because you just don't want to offend some people sometimes. And I get it. Steven Jackson needs to learn that. I'm going to apologize to him right now on this show for ripping him a new one for this whole Rachel Nichols thing, even though I feel like he deserved it. That's a whack apology. That's a Rachel Nichols apology. But at the end of the day, I love him, and I shouldn't have approached him like that, even though he don't. He probably didn't even see it. It's still a, it's still a we got to keep these battles internal. But when we come back, we got to address this uh, Maria Taylor situation, because this is another interesting one. Stay with me. In today's society, everything your heart desires can be ordered online, shipped, and delivered to you with the simple click of a button. Mobile beauty services are the newest, fastest growing trend around the world. With this literally cutting edge service offered by Custom Cuts, time is back on your side and your schedule is back in your control. Log on to the app, create a profile, add payment information, and our certified specialists come to you in the comfort of your environment. Log on today and make your next cut custom. All right, all right, all right. We're in the home stretch. Uh, we're in the home stretch. All right, you guys, we're going to hit this one really quickly because this one is just, um, I told you so. <laughs> so this Maria Taylor situation, I, I, I feel like I understand it because let's be clear. Let's just do the timeline on this really quickly. The Rachel Nichols recording came out last year. I know that it, it's been re- presented to us and I feel like a longer version of the recording has been leaked the actual tape with Rachel Nichols and Adam Mendelson where he says that he's tired of the Black Lives Matter movement and the Me Too movement oh imagine that a white guy is tired of things that he doesn't have to worry about oh say it ain't so anyway that whole thing happened a year ago so in in truth Rachel if she was a good journalist if she was worth her salt she would know that what you have to do is get in front of it. Most people who work in PR came from journalism. We know how the media works. So when this was leaked last year, she should have immediately gotten in front of it. She should have addressed Maria Taylor. Now, look, I cannot prove any of this. So for those of you who are listening, 
don't run and tell nobody. I mean, you can run and tell whoever you want, but just don't say it's for facts. Okay, Just don't say it's a factual thing. My personal opinion, because when you look at the timing of things, I do believe the longer version of this recording was re-leaked to coincide with Maria Taylor asking for more money. Now, here's the thing, and I've said this before, and as much as I am on Team Maria Taylor, I, I am not going to relent on my initial statements. I feel like she's out of pocket to ask for Stephen A money. Stephen A has been in the business for 25 years. Stephen A is synonymous with ESPN. He's one of the first people you think about when you're talking about ESPN. He has a podcast. He's on the sideline. He's in the booth. He's on first take. The man is everywhere. I, I, I re rarely can turn, turn on a, a YouTube, the T, anytime I watch anything on sports, even people who aren't affiliated with ESPN will say Stephen, S, Stephen A said blah, blah, blah. He is a trusted staple in sports journalism, sports media, sports entertainment. That is who he is. I'm not saying Maria Taylor's not going to eventually get there. I do believe she will. She's grown tremendously just in the last year. And this is not this is not a shade point because I feel like I've grown in the last year. And I get it. When you're at her level, yes, these are the kind of raises that you can expect, but I do believe that she shot herself in the foot. Um, so the quote that I'm reading from Total Pro Sports says ESPN has a contract on the table for Taylor in the neighborhood of $3 million per year. Ah, okay. So yeah, so the Post um, has learned that the deal represents roughly a 300% increase from her current $1 million per year. Okay, so I had it wrong. So she makes $1 million per year. So they're going to take her up to $3 million per year. The original offer was up to five. Now that just makes me more mad. I've been running around here saying the wrong number the whole time. They was going to give it girl bye. I can't, <laughs> I cannot, I can't feel bad for you. I can't feel bad for you for asking for Stephen A. Smith money when your name is Maria Taylor. And now they're like, nah, bruh, that's disrespectful. Now we're going to, we, it's still a 300% raise. If she doesn't take it, I'm sure she'll get $5 million somewhere else. Somebody else will pick her up. She's not going to get this 8 million. Her name is right now is synonymous with a scandal. Her name is not synonymous with basketball. It's not synonymous with sports. She's still, don't get me wrong, she's on that road, but she's not there yet. She's not at $8 million or $9 million a year status. She's just not, and I get it. I am very much a team, and I will tell you this, anyone who's listening to this, especially young people, always ask for more. Always. When you go into a job, if you're expecting to make $40,000 on the job. If that, first of all, know what your bare minimum is. I will not go lower than this. Um, when you start talking millions, though, that's a different conversation. I'm talking about when you're talking about thousands. When you're going into a job and you're expecting to make like $50,000 a year, if that is your bare minimum, don't go lower than that. Don't let them offer you forty-five. No, dollars $50,000 a year is your minimum. That's your minimum. But you go in there and you ask for sixty, hoping that they settle at fifty-five. Always ask for 60. I have always asked for about $10,000 more per year than what my bare minimum is. And I've always gotten about 5,000 more a year. Because the, at the end of the day, that, that job is going to get that money from you. They're going to work you enough to get that money. You're going to earn that money. It's not like you're just asking for something you don't deserve. So I'm not mad at her for asking for more. If she was, if she was making $1 million a year, 
I probably would have asked for five for sure. But if they offered me five out that gate, oh, I'm taking that. <laughs> That's a 500% increase. You have to grow. You have to grow. And a $5 million, uh, uh, taking you from 1 million to 5 million, it shows you a couple of things. One, they believe in you. Two, they think that you're talented and they're going to rock with you for the long term. Do not talk yourself out of your money. That is the lesson for the day. The other lesson for the day is we shouldn't ask athletes to boycott something that they have worked most of their lives to get to. The Olympics is a feat. Not everybody can get to it. So we, yes, we need to figure out a way to protest. We need to figure out a way to demand certain things within the Olympics, within our country. But we got to do it in a way that we don't steal the dreams of our athletes. Period, point blank. Let's figure that out together. Let's have conversations. Go ahead and hit me up on all social media at jraythefanatic. DM me. I do respond to 99.9% .9 of DMs. Let's have this conversation. Let's figure it out. Until next time, thank you for listening to me on Backstage, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you check me out every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on The Fumble. I also have a show called Challenge Accepted that comes out every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on The Fumble. And the opposite reaction comes out every Thursday at 4 p.m. I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time.